Good evening, church. Thank you all for joining us tonight. Uh, do got a couple of things we want to talk about because today is the last day of September. Um, fall is here. Uh, it's feeling like fall. The leaves are going to be falling soon. And we've got a lot of stuff that we're going to be doing uh, here over the next month uh, in our community. So uh, let's talk about a couple of things real quick. Um, as always, we really do believe that life is better together in small groups. And if you're not in a small group already, uh, we really do encourage you to get into one. And I don't have a slide for this, uh, so Fred, sorry to throw you off here. Uh, I do have a book up here, though. Uh, this book is called The End of Me, and it's by Kyle Eidelman. And the Zoom group is starting this new study, uh, The End of Me, October 10th. Those are Tuesdays at 6.30. And if you are interested, or 7.30, sorry, Tuesdays at 7.30. If you're interested in this group, uh, being part of a Zoom group, uh, get with Justin here tonight. We're going to order books this coming week, and uh, he would love to get you to be a part of the group. Uh, we've got two new members going to join this group, so this group is going to grow, and uh, that's an awesome thing. So if you are excited about that and would like to get involved, uh, see Justin before you leave tonight. Okay, we've got two things we're announcing. Uh, they are in your bulletins if you want to follow along. Uh, we'll throw the first slide up there. Uh, we are partnering with our local food pantry again. Uh, we found this out last weekend right after service, so we didn't get to announce it last week. Uh, but for the next two weekends, we're going to be bringing in boxes of cereal. You can bring them right here by this black tub by the corner of the stage. Uh, a couple of you already did that tonight. But if you'd like to bring those in, you can bring them in throughout the week. You can also bring them in next weekend. And if you can't find time in your schedule to, or remember when you're out shopping and you just would happen to forget, you can always give cash and check to the Tide Jug Ministry, and uh, those funds will go straight to the food pantry to buy cereal. So uh, if you could help us with that, that would be awesome, uh, partnering with our local food pantry again. Uh, next thing we've got is we've got our annual picnic coming up, and uh, it just so happens that it's on a fifth Sunday. Uh, so we are combining our annual picnic with our potluck. And so if you would like to stick around October 29th following Sunday service, that would be awesome. Uh, it's going to be more than just a potluck. Uh, like I said, it's an annual picnic that we do just to kind of have fellowship together and remind ourselves about who we are as a church. And uh, so we're going to be doing that October 29th. And here is the menu. Uh, we're doing fried chicken and rolls and drinks, all of that is provided by the church. Uh, we're asking you, if your last name begins with A through L, if you could bring a side, and last names M through Z, bring a dessert. So pretty simple, pretty easy, and uh, we'll be putting this on Facebook as well here this coming week. So if you have any questions about that, you can find a volunteer at guest services, or hit me and Bobby up before you leave today. We'll be by the front door. But if you would like to join us for that Sunday, October 29th, after service, uh, that would be awesome. We are in a series of Ephesians called Forward Thinking, Getting Past Our Past, and today we're talking about how we can get energized with God's mighty power. Let's go ahead and get started.
Okay, well, let's grab a Bible and you can follow with us in the series from the book of Ephesians chapter 3. We're looking at the second half of that chapter, verse 14 to the end of the chapter. It's a prayer that Paul prays. He prays with us and for us. Uh, he prayed in chapter 1 that we might, uh, we might have our eyes uh, opened and we might be enlightened and know God better. Know that he is bigger than our problem. And in chapter 3, he prays that we might become empowered and we might find renewed strength and energy to do the things that we need to do. So let me start with this question. And you guys can just, you don't have to answer, but I want you to think about this. What is it? What is it that energizes you? And what what is it that depletes you? Let that sink in for a second. What is it that energizes you? What is it that depletes you or empties your tank? We need power. We need energy. We need a source. And uh, that, that's what this chapter 3 is about. So let me give you a little background. Connie and I just got back into town. We've uh, been in Nashville three days with a conference, Spire Conference 2023. About 1,600 other church leaders and staff Three days, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, more than a dozen different speakers. And uh, we were worshiping and listening and learning. And I, and I have jotted down a few of the takeaways. Connie took great notes. I asked for her notes, her written notes. And I highlighted just a few before I share with you this uh, outline I've got for you about energy, that we all need to have a little energy and we need to find a source. First speaker that I heard uh, was from the Crossing Church, Clayton Hensel, and uh, he gave this uh, statistic and said 38% of ministers have, have considered quitting the ministry since COVID, 38%, almost 40%. And his second question was, I wonder how the sheep are doing. If the shepherd was ready to quit after covid I wonder how the sheep are doing. Uh, he continued to say that emotional well-being uh, is really in uh, decline. It's in decline in our culture. And he described the number one issue today for women is, is anxiety. One in five women have anxiety. Second is drugs, addictions. Uh, the generation, millennial generation, Gen Z, is the most stressed out generation ever in the history of the world. Suicide is the second leading cause of death, 10 to 24-year-olds. So his story about into the wild, how do we minister into a world that is different, is that a lot of us are struggling. People are falling apart on the inside. That was one of the bullet points. Here's another I'd like to start with Katie, Katie Cole, who is a VP with Barna Research. And Katie says, normally it takes 60 years for new concepts to become normal. The latest concepts since COVID have taken 36 months. And uh, that's created a lot of stress. What used to take 60 years happened to all of us in about 36 months. 
And here's a, here's a, here's another. Here's the last guy that spoke, I, or one of the last guys, and I thought this was helpful too. Chip Ingram, the art of survival says, uh, we are living in a disruptive global world today. Since COVID pandemic, God does his biggest work in times of disruption. And here's a quote he says, God must work deeply in you before he works significantly through you. Another thought-provoking, God must work deeply in you before he works significantly through you. He talks about Christians who are like us battling depression. He gave three suggestions, work hard, sweat, sing, sing loud, worship, and help somebody, whoever you can, who is hurting. Um, that was his comments. Things that really do make an impact when we are all living in a really crazy kind of world, very different in the last 36 months, probably more so than the last 60 years. So let's go to the Bible. And let's talk about what the Bible says about power, because we all need some. We need to find an energy source, and I'm obviously going to suggest to you that we can. But it is a choice. And again, I want to show you something, a couple of slides. I asked Brian to throw these in my, my message tonight. I said, I want to show you a couple of things about energy and power and uh, things about people like cars. So, Fred, bring up those pictures. This is a Tesla that was parked next to my car. Connie and I were uh, in Nashville and in the parking lot, probably one of five parking lots in Opryland where we stayed. Uh, must have been 200 cars there, but they only had four posts for electric charge. There's one of the Teslas. And uh, here's another one. This is another uh, EV car. This is called a Rivlin. The other was a Tesla. That Tesla is... Uh, the base price is $45,000. Go back to the red one, Fred. Go back to the red one. Go back to the red car. That car there costs about $45,000. That's the base price, and then it goes from about $45,000 to $60,000 to $90,000 based upon uh, what other, other kind of uh, features you put on that vehicle. But they, they have to all plug in some way. It's all electric, electric vehicle, and uh, so it's limited with capacity for energy. Go to the other one. This other one is the one that you probably have never heard of. A Rivlin is a very elite SUV. You really got to find the website even to learn more about it. That car cost $115,000, an electric vehicle, and that's got a charging station in the garage. It's another $3,000, $118,000 for an electric vehicle that's basically a very expensive golf cart. It doesn't have great long distance. It's got a lot of computers on board. It looks like a spaceship. It's a pretty cool car, but quite expensive, and it also needs an energy source, and uh, it's an electric vehicle. Okay, Fred, go to the next one, and that's a Jeep Wagoneer that's a gas guzzler. Say, guzzler, you might get 10 mile a gallon, and you might pick that one up eight or $10,000 on somebody's lot somewhere. It's a, it is a old standard but it needs energy too, fuels also. Now, why did I show you those pictures? Because before I actually tell you what Paul prays about in chapter 3, I want you to think about this. Every one of us are like those vehicles. Some of us, 
some of us are like, you know, very elite kind of people, very knowledgeable, very academic, very prayerful, uh, very resourced. I don't know what you are. A lot, some of us, we, but we all, whoever we are, even if you're the wealthiest man on the planet, you got to have some kind of energy source. You got to have some fuel. Even if you're Donald Trump, even if you're President Biden, whoever you are, whether you're one of these Tesla cars, one of these Rivian cars, it costs $118,000, or you're just an old Jeep Wagoneer, gas guzzler. you got to have power and energy. We're like cars. People are just people, guys. Come on now. I don't care whether or not you're the preacher or you're sitting in the seat right now listening to the preacher. We all have to have some way to move. you got to find some way that you can actually travel. you got to have some energy source. And that's what Paul begins to describe for us here. And I, I want you to think about this. What, what, is it, what is it that we really need and, and who has it and how would I get it? That's the three things I want to talk about. What is power? Who has that kind of power? And, and how do I get that kind of power? So let's talk about Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. And I'm going to read the prayer that Paul prays for us. It's pretty cool that he's asking that we might all have this kind of power in our life. And it is a resource that we all need. It is a resource that, like whether you plug into the energy source or whether or not you're going to be a gas guzzler, you need to have some sort of way to make some kind of progress in the world. So here's what I'm going to do. Before I break it down, I'm going to just read the whole thing. Here's Paul's prayer. Stay right there, Fred. When I think of all of this, I fall to my knees. When I think about we all need some sort of power, some sort of energy, whether you're a Jeep Wagoneer, whether or not you're some expensive Tesla electric vehicle, whoever you are, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources he will empower you. Whether you plug into the wall or whether you get it at a gas station, whether you get it from a Bible like I'm reading from or on the screen or you, somebody's on the radio or you've got a favorite preacher that you go visit, you got to find some, you got to find somewhere that you can plug in and be powered up, energized. Paul's praying about that. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power. There's that word power again that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen? You need power. I, you know, we're talking about you need church. You need power. Yeah, you need church, you need Jesus, you need a relationship. Yeah, you need to be baptized. Yeah, you need to surrender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But you're going to sit parked on the side of the road somewhere unless you have power to move. I'm depressed. I'm discouraged. I mean, I just told you that 38% of all the ministers in America were ready to quit since the pandemic. And if 40%, 38 to 40% of the ministers were ready to quit, most of the people sitting in the crowd were ready to quit. Amen? Amen. You You need energy. You need power, guys. And so this is what Paul prays for. Forward thinking, getting past your past, is you got to find more power and energy. If you're 20, if you're 40, if you're 60, if you're 80, whatever it is that, that it, whatever it is that your age grouping is. All right, so we need more power, we, mean, we need more energy, we, we need more God. Paul prays for that. And I just read it all in one big reading. Let's, let's look at a few of these verses. What does it look like? Let's start with that. What does this kind of power look like? Let's read verse 16. I pray, Paul prays about this kind of power. I pray that out of God's glorious riches, He will give you, He'll strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So Paul's praying for, the, for all of us. He's praying for you. He's praying for your eyes to get wider. And he's praying that you get stronger and you have more courage and you have more strength and you have more stamina and you're not going to quit and you're not going to give up and you're not going to become depressed and you're going to overcome it because God's going to give you power. So, so it's like this story that we all talk about in our life and it's the Jesus story, but it, it, it's static again. It's like we used up the energy and if you're... If your capacity is only 100 miles, if it's only 200 miles, if you're an electric vehicle, you don't get as far as you do in in a gasoline combustion engine. So, you know, I don't know how far you get with a message from God, but if all you're getting out of God's power is the 30 minutes on a weekend, you probably don't get very far in your week in the world if you don't get back into the Bible again. You need to plug in to the Bible again. You need to pray again. You need to find a way... To stay connected, it really is something that all of us have to do. And it's not something that somebody else can do it for you. But having God's power is necessary. Or you're just going to be parked somewhere until you can find a charging station again. Until you hear the right song. Until the right preacher comes on the radio. You're just stuck. You're stuck in some position some place that you don't want to be. My car just stopped running. I just stopped running. I have no energy. I have no enthusiasm. I don't have I don't want to do the dishes. I don't want to make the bed. I don't want to go to work. And all of that happens to us because people like cars need energy. You need an energy source like all cars. So whether you're one of those elite cars that I showed you or you're just an old banged up, beat up Chevier Ford you still need energy. You still need some energy source, even if it's at the gas station and you're just buying petroleum products. The word power appears 276 times in the Bible. 276 times in the Bible, the word power in the English version, P-O-W-E-R. Three Greek words are describing power. I'll read them to you that are in the New Testament related to the word power. Dunamis power, D-U-N-A-M-I-S, dunamis is miraculous power. It means it's the ability to perform. 
That's one type of power. Dunamis power. You are a miracle. You've heard people tell you that story. Your, your life is a miracle. Your sobriety is a miracle. Your overcoming grief is a miracle. Your fighting cancer is a miracle. We need, we need this ability. We need this power of God. Exousia is another kind of Greek word talking about authoritative power, authority with freedom from outside restraint. It just means it's unlimited. We need this authoritative power that comes with being a child of God, that comes from being a follower of God, comes from being a disciple and follower of Jesus. It's this kind of power where we're not stuck. And kratos is mighty power meaning intensity of power. We need all three of those. We need that miraculous, authoritative, mighty power every day. Do you have that kind of power in your life? If you're going to climb a mountain, if you're going to cross the Rockies, if you're going to drive to the West Coast, you need long distance, high performance. You need some kind of power. If you have cancer, if your wife or husband dies, if you go through a divorce, if somebody has cancer you're going to have you're going to have to find this kind of power you're going to need this kind of energy and so Paul is praying for us that that kind of power that I'm talking about is power that's available to us Philippians chapter 3 I want to know Christ and the power the the dynamite kind of dunamis kind of dynamite in the English dunamis is dynamite I need that kind of dynamite power raised from the dead kind of power i want to know christ and his power the power of his resurrection we need that kind of power real power power that will move us through obstacles and over hurdles it's true power is what we're looking for power is what we need and god is the place god is the provider what does it look like real power verse 16 Real power isn't from being famous or being recognized or having wealth. It is God's power doing things in our life when we feel like it's time to push the panic button. So instead of panic and anxiety and depression and I want to quit and like 38% of the ministers who in America post-pandemic were thinking about quitting every day and so were many of the followers of God as well. It is that we need that kind of power. We need, we need that power that comes from God, which equips us, allows us to go greater distances, climb high, higher peaks, perform at a better level. Say amen. amen. So if you're feeling stuck, and who doesn't, you can look at it all day long. You can look at it and analyze it and you can pull your phone out of your pocket and everything else. It ain't getting no better till you put some fuel in it, until you get some energy and power from God for you to actually move. <laughs> you can't get up, dude. I'm telling you, you're stuck to your seat. You're just sitting there. And and you're you're like you're like all of us who at times find ourselves perplexed and so we need power, and we need this kind of power, this miraculous, authoritative, mighty power of God, the kind of power that will help us, you know, have our own 
kind of miracle each day. When life blows up, instead of panic, instead of freaking out, instead of falling apart, you need power. Amen? I don't mean the kind that you crank it up on the Harley and make a lot of noise that rattle windows. I ain't talking about that. That's different. I'm talking about the kind of power that God is providing us that Paul is praying for that we all need. Does that make sense? Yeah. Heck yeah, guys. And we all need to be told this. If nearly 40% of all the pastors were ready to quit, I'm sure the sheep feel the same way. Like, I can't do this. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I've told Brian, sitting right back there, don't quit, dude. This is hard. This is hard. Don't quit. You got to be reminded. You need to tell your kids. This is first grade, Briella. This is second grade, Briella. This is third grade. You got to tell your kid over and over again, don't quit. We, we need to be told that we can do this, that it is possible and that it's not impossible because it's just like a car sitting in the garage. It's not, it's not that complicated. This is not too high for anybody to reach. Buddy, you got a great-looking bike. you got a great-looking tractor. you got a great-looking truck. But it needs fuel. It needs an energy source. It's empty. So what is it that energizes you? And what is it that depletes you? God will provide energy when the world has left our tank on empty. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Working too much overtime, working too many jobs, they're not paying you enough, you can't make ends meet, you're getting farther behind, what are you going to do about it? You're going to fall into this category of one in five females who are living with anxiety today, those who are depressed, are you going to fall into this category of those who are age 10 to 24 who Second leading cause of death is suicide. Are you going to fall into that group of research? We need power. We need God's power. We need this energy that I'm describing. Got Paul praise for that. Forward thinking getting past our past. We can't do it by ourselves. We'll, our, our, our world that we're living in is different than it's ever been. And we've seen more changes in the last 36 months, they say, than we have in the last 60 years. So we need some help to get through this. And probably uh, everybody that's listening to me uh, will agree. Uh, we need a little help from God, I hope. So who has this kind of power? If we need God's power, who has this kind of power? Look at verse 17. And I pray... You who follow Jesus, whether in person or online church, being rooted and established in love may have power, God's power, together with all the saints to grasp how wide, how long, and how high and deep is the love of Christ. Remember what I said last week, my final words to Morse? The night before he died the next morning. Remember what I said last week? You know what my remember what I said my final words were? I love you, man. My final words to a man who was dying 
and left this world the next morning. I said, I love you. Your sister loves you. Your brother loves you. And God loves you. We need to hear that. We need to hear that God loves us. That you are loved by God. We need to tell one another and we need to tell ourselves that you are loved by God. When you've been hurt, when you've been betrayed, and when you're hurting and still hurting, it doesn't feel like love. You've got to tell your brain to match up with your heart that's been broken. You need God's power to do this. I miss my what? Wife. I miss my father. I miss my son. I, I miss people. You've got to tell yourself you need this kind of power. Amen? Amen? And to know this love of God that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That you get filled up again. Not filled up with busy work at church. Like they keep me so busy at the church. I can't. I don't even have time to mow my own grass. I work all these hours. The church just keeps me so busy. They want me to volunteer to do this and do that. And I don't have enough time to think. I don't mean that kind of. I'm not talking about be more busy at stuff. That you be filled up with more of a busy schedule. You already got a schedule. Quit adding things to it. Focus on God. Focus on love of God. Focus on His power and His energy that you may be filled up to the measure of the fullness of God and knowing that you are loved by God. You're not forgotten. You're not forsaken. And you're not left out. You, you're, you don't have leprosy. You're included. Remember where we started this series in chapter 1? You have been included to the Jesus party. <laughs> You're invited. All right. Okay. Philippians 4.13. I can do everything. Say everything? Y'all don't really believe that, but you said it with me anyway. But it's through everything. I can do everything through him who gives me the strength. I can do almost everything. I can do most everything. I can do some of everything. I can't do anything. <laughs> we talk ourselves right out of it. Like, man, the Bible tells us with God's help and his power and his love at our conversion, our surrender to Christ, at our baptism, at our, re at our renewal of our faith, every morning that we rise, our feet hit the floor, we are promised this newfound God power. Romans chapter 8. Look at, look at this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or naked, nakedness or danger or sword? Knowing all these things were more than conquerors through him who loves us. Who loved us and still loves us. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Everybody who follows Jesus has this power. Not, not of ourselves. But we have this power. We sung it in our hymn book, page 191. There's power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonder-working power in the blood. Say amen, Ira. Amen. Yeah, come on now. Page one, 191 in the hymn book. We sung it. So why do we feel so weak when stuff starts to happen to us? 
How come we don't feel like some conqueror? Instead, we feel like a mouse. <laughs> what happens to us? When we get filled up, you come and listen to a message. We read it in Scripture. We sing a song. We say a prayer. And it feels just right. But how come we... What happens? What are the factors? Well, we leak. You know, we, we can leak off some of the good stuff, love of God, and we end up, our tanks are on empty, and our world and our culture around us is draining us. The negativity and the, this, this kind of world that we're living in, it is a crazy time. And so it's tough. It's really tough that we're stay fueled up, filled up. Our, our spiritual tanks, we skip a weekend, we skip a service, we skip a, time, a morning prayer, and it smacks us hard. Because we're just people. I'm telling you, it's like your old truck or tractor or motorcycle or whatever it is that you got. And you try to keep it all tuned up. But if you overlook it, if you overlook it and let it go, how does it run? Doesn't run very good, does it? Spits and sputters. That's what happens to us. If you let this go, this thing with God, if we let this go. And, and so sometimes we just have to not just sing about it and read about it and talk about it you just have to do it and you just have to do things for God you just have to trust God that you've got this kind of power and that he'll use us I wrote this down that statistically that young people experience a greater measure of God's power God's proven power that's changing there's a lot of skepticism and doubters and nunners in this uh, Gen Z and millennial group and these young, this uh, younger age group, 10 to 24, there's, there is a lot of things happening in the last 36 months that has impacted how younger people are doubting and despairing. And we need to work with that, guys. We need to help. We, we need to help them. We need to help our kids and grandkids capture this and know that they can have this power it's the power of God. It's available to them. They don't have to wait until they get older. It's for middle schoolers. It's for all kids. And we've got to help them see that. Power is not limited by age. Say amen. Yep. Help them. Help your kiddos. Help your kids know they're not going to find the answers with a phone in their hand listening to country western music. That ain't going to do it. I'm just saying. Just, you got to have more. You got to have this kind of fuel and power. We all do. They do. Your family does. Power, what is it? It's strength that you don't have by yourself. Secondly, who has it? It's anybody who lets God lead. Just let God take over. Let God lead. Get in the get in the passenger seat and let God drive. Just let God lead you. With your family, with your marriage, with your children, with your money, let God lead. Get out of the, get out of the control. You're not in control anyway. Let Him be in charge. Let Him take care of things. He's better at it. Those who consistently, every day, surrender ownership of their life to God have this promised power. Put that down. We take the power back. You lay it on the altar, and you take it right back. Here I am, God, and then as soon as we take off, we're right back at it again, trying to be in charge. So it is a battle, and we're just people, and we're like cars and automobiles, and this is the way it works. God is working with us. How can I get this power? That's the third one. 
What is it? Who has it? And how do I get it? Read it. Look at it. How do I get this power? Verse 20, 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, more than you can, more than more over time than you could ever put in, to God who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power, You ever thrown a big switch in like a big factory someplace, like big, big room, and you throw that big, you know, handle up and, whew, man, all this epiphany of power, light. That's the kind of power I'm talking about. Throw the switch, man. God wants to throw the switch. Not some little dinky little pin light. You know, you're thinking about throwing the power like this little bitty pin light, like, oh, I got a little bit tiny flat. God's power is bigger than that. Say bigger. Think bigger. It's like throwing a switch in some big old factory where the whole place is lit up. We need that kind of power. That is at work within us to him be glory in the church. Make God look good every day by throwing on the light switch. The big one. Light up the place. And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever I say amen. Amen. So how do you get how does Stella get her groove again when you got when you got grounded and stuck and I'm out of gas, I'm all running on fumes, I got no energy, I'm struggling, I'm depressed, I got anxiety, I'm doubting myself, I'm doubting everybody, I'm doubting God. How, what do you do? What what can you do? Write this down. God's power is dependent upon people who pray. That's what Paul tells us. You'll do, you'll do unimaginable things in God's power, unmeasurable things when you plug into his power plant. Whether you're a EV electric vehicle that costs thousands of dollars or whether you're just an old beat-up Jeep, gas guzzler, and it takes everybody to keep you on the road. God's power is dependent upon those who pray. Say amen. Tomorrow I'm going to bring it with me. It's a prayer kneeler. <clears throat> and they gave 1,600 of us in our seats this week in Nashville a prayer board. And it said Mark 135 on top of it. And I thought, that's a whole lot of effort. 1,600 of those laid in the seat. They got to the end of the guy's message, and, and uh, the guy who was speaking said, okay, all of you who can actually kneel, Take a knee. Take two if you can. And then he prayed. Are you really praying? Are you praying on your knees if you can? Are you praying that way? Are you praying this way? Like, God is good. God is great. Pass me some gravy before I'm late. Come on. Come on. You want it? You want more? Paul says, dive in deeper. Try more. Try more prayer on your knees by yourself without the preacher, without anybody else. Just try it. Try it yourself. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. James 5.16.
Did you hear what I said? The prayer of a righteous man is powerful. In fact, you're not a rich man. Huh. How about that? I want to be rich so I can have power. <laughs> yeah. Try being righteous first. That's where power is really found. Try to be more like God. How do I do that? Pray more. Get on your knees more. Confess more. Mark chapter 1 verse 35. That's what's on this prayer board. I'll show you tomorrow. Very early in the morning. While it was still dark. Jesus got up left the house. And he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus did it. We probably should too. If you really want energy and fuel and power in your life. Let me say a prayer. God, I feel like I ought to kneel. I feel like I ought to take a knee. I've talked about it. We probably all should. Maybe tomorrow. But for sure tonight, before we go to bed, may we take just a moment, if we can, if we're physically able, maybe just to take a knee and say, God, that preacher told a story tonight about forward thinking, getting past your past, and I don't know where I'm at. I don't know if I'm like the beat-up old Jeep, gas guzzler that it takes everybody and every nickel to keep me on the, on the road and moving or if I'm flying down the highway like some fancy car but I sure do know that we we do need your power your capacity or we will be stuck may we all take this communion and realize that we're forgiven of our mistakes and our failures and our shortcomings and that you give us Another opportunity to really dive in deeper, to really take you more seriously, to really say, again, renew in me a good heart and cleanse me of my sin and take from me my will, but give me your will instead. May we do this with communion in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to take the cup. The cracker, and in the cup, it's got the juice. You guys who are at home, if you're watching, get a little piece of bread, get a little cracker, get a cup of water, a little cup of juice. Ask God to give us His power. Put the bread in your mouth. Chew it up. Swallow it down. Until God does something in us, you're not really going to be very valuable to anybody else. 
You're not going to be able to do anything for others until God does something in you. God, will you do something in us first? Begin now. Amen. Drop your little cups in the basket. Put your offering in the plate. Give your tide jug gifts up here. And I hope that you have more energy than when you started. And I hope I sure didn't deplete any energy. I hope I energized you and that God did it even more. I hope that you have more confidence and courage knowing that God has pulled you into his power station, plugged you up, and turned you on because Jesus takes away our sin, the sin of the world. I pray that you can tell that and feel that right now. Share that with others. Tell others to come back tomorrow. Bring them with you. God love you. See you guys real soon. Hope you guys stay with us.